3: So I've got previous notes oh. here from a different film. See how long it can take you <laughs> to, d- to guess what I'm talking about. Okay? okay? yeah, 2CV.
4: Okay. Ooh, that's... Um...
3: Mini Club out. Ah, James! <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I had to read I'm all of it stars, earlier. It? <laughs> I had no idea what I was talking about.
5: an ancient kingdom with legends of violence, cruelty, and torment in its blood. Join your hosts, Ross, John, and James, as they bravely tread where few would dare. Witness their journey into the horrific history of British horror. They are... The General. 5 minutes
0: Ladies and gentlemen, goblins and ghouls, Merry Christmas, wherever oh, you may Jesus. be. Um, welcome back to the 41st episode of the General Witchfinders podcast. <gasps> Part one. Uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> dramatic I thought tension there. Dramatic, I thought I'd missed my cue then. No, <laughs> no, 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 absolutely
3: not. I'm James in Bournemouth in southern England. I'm John Pountney in South Wales, which is still in the south of Wales. And it is... Christmas Eve here, everyone.
4: Yeah, ooh, wait for Santa to arrive. I'm Ross in Dorchester in southern England. This time we watched the BBC coast stories for Christmas. The
1: stores of Barchester,
3: with the cathedral bit taken off, but no
1: reason. The matter began, as far as I'm concerned, in the November of 1932, when I was cataloguing the library of Barchester Cathedral. It was a disappointing collection, Mm -hmm. and what volumes of value I found were much fallen into decay. My task was scarcely furthered by the unhelpfulness of the librarian, at whose door I found myself bound to place the unhappy Mm -hmm. confusion Mm -hmm. that I discovered wherever I turned. Mm
6: -hmm. I trust you prosper in your task, Dr. Black? It's uh,
1: profoundly uninteresting, I'm afraid. I sometimes wonder whether there shouldn't be a tax on authors. Mere poverty seems to be insufficient to deter them from writing. Now, if they had to pay for the privilege... A great many
6: librarians would be seeking fresh employment, and there'd be far fewer books to catalogue.
1: Have you nearly finished? Uh, With the numbered volumes, yes. In fact, I was just coming to ask you if there was anything else here you thought worth including in my description.
0: Perhaps I can surprise you. So, The Stores of Barchester was first broadcast on BBC One at 11pm on December the 24th, 1971. It's based on the story, The Stores of Barchester Cathedral, from the 1911 collection, More Ghost Stories by M.R. James. It was adapted, produced and directed by Lawrence Gordon-Clark, who directed every BBC Ghost Stories for Christmas between 71 and 77. And, Ross has put, can you name them all, John?
3: Um... Uh st- stalls at Barchester Cathedral. Bing Correct. Um the, the Treasure of Abbot Thomas. Yes. Bing. A Correct. A Warning to the Curious.
4: Yes. Bing.
3: Correct. The Signalman.
4: Bing. Yes.
3: Correct. Stigma.
4: Yes. Bing.
3: Amazing. The, ice, the ice House.
4: Burp, burp.
3: That's not directed by him. No,
4: apparently not.
3: Oh. Um, oh, um Lost Hearts.
0: Yeah,
4: bing. And one more. Brilliant!
0: No, that was all from one. Well, no, we missed 1975. Well, what What's 1975? Oh, okay, right,
4: right, right. What's that one? The ash tree. Oh
3: there yes, I love the ash tree. Yeah, 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 yeah,
4: yeah. Not bad going. Well Pretty good yeah. going, John. I've got to say
3: that's that's pretty good yeah. going. Uh, right,
0: so pointless, this totally pointless are- knowledge.
4: <laughs> it makes you yeah, a king amongst hard. our Very listeners. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the cast of the Stalls of Barchester includes several actors best, uh, better known for their roles in situation comedies or lighter <laughs> dramas. According to Clive, Richard B- Bucket <laughs> slash Bouquet yeah. Swift as Dr. Black, a character who does not appear in the story and appears as a framing device. As we've mentioned before, he had two appearances in Doctor Who of which Mm. he was not particularly pleased. (laughs) So it's only fitting that we mention them again. Um, uh, Ross hasn't put this in his script, but go back and listen to our one episode where we talk about his the most car crash interview that he ever, ever did. It's incredible. Of his appearance in the 2007 Doctor Who Christmas special, Swift declared, it wasn't until after we've been filming for two weeks that I realised that Mr. Copper is an alien. And having <laughs> been asked about his appearance in Revelation of the Daleks, 1985, he yeah, said, amazing. it was the most bizarre entertainment I have ever been a part of. <laughs> amazing. Uh, Will Layson, as the Cathedral Librarian, he also appeared in the previously discussed Witchfinder's episode An American Werewolf in London Did as really- one of the tramps that killed by David.
4: <laughs> One of our yeah. recurring themes in this podcast, yeah. tramps. Unfortunately, there's, there's, there's tramps. no tramps in the, the, these two episodes that yeah. Um, yeah. we're recording yeah. tonight.
0: There's Robert Hardy is Dr. Haynes. Haynes uh, Hardy's birth name was Timothy Sidney Robert Hardy, his nickname being Tim. I don't know why this is important, but, you know, Ross... Uh, it's it's all sort of sort of facts. Thanks. He has played British Prime Minister Winston Churchill in six separate films and has also played twice played Winston Churchill's World War II ally and friend, American pr- president. Franklin D. Roosevelt Thelma Barlow appears as Letitia (laughs) Haynes Famous for her part of Mavis Riley in British soap Coronation Street. Her first episode was transmitted in 1971, but her character only appeared regularly from 1973 when she joined Mm. the staff of The Cabin. She remained in the series for 26 years, appearing in nearly 2,000 episodes. And for the benefit of our foreign listeners, we should also point out that she was the bedrock of light entertainment stalwart in this country, Les Dennis. (laughs) Yeah, made a whole Um, career out of that. Made a whole career out of doing an impression of her which was basically just him and we're all, we'll all do it now I'm pretty yeah, confident yeah, 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 on this yeah. and of just him going I, I, oh, don't, I don't really know. know and that was it he pre- pretty much did that and then he got married to Amanda Holden and <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> can I ask you something yeah you're a comedian right yeah I haven't seen you make a joke for five years what do you mean? When you're on telly and stuff,
3: when you're on chat shows, or in Big Brother, you're talking to the chickens, but you're moaning That's about stuff. That's the
5: way That's they all cut you do. It.
3: There you go, moaning about stuff. Make a joke about it. Make a joke. I mean, what was that impression you used to do? Impressions I did loads. What was it? Mavis Riley, Coronation Street. Do that. No, I'm not doing that. Do
5: it. No! Go on. I don't really know! <laughs> That's great.
3: Yeah, I know. It is good, yeah. But did she ever even say that line in Cora? I don't because think so. That's the thing that that's like beam me up, Scotty. Is famous never lie um, play it again, play it again, Sam. Um, play it again, Sam. All yes, that kind of stuff. And yeah. I
6: don't really know. Mm-hmm.
3: Was she probably never said it? Did she? No, no but it will probably come up again at some point in this episode.
0: She turned
4: okay. into
3: Mavis Wilton
4: yes. later on, didn't well, she? Yeah, originally, you know where I cribbed this all from was referred to her as Mavis Wilton. <laughs> no one called him Mavis Wilton. Come on. Mm,
3: Well, when but, she was mar- married to Derek Wilton, yeah. with his he had a paperclip on top of his Vauxhall Corsa. Why? Yeah. He was just worked for a station stationary company. Well,
4: oh, so you, you mean, mean like a, 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 one a, a giant size? one rather than just yeah. a yeah. giant one, no, not a
0: tiny one. <laughs> a normal one, on the, on the aerial or anything. <laughs> right. Anyway, right, so um, well, not, and not now, a tiny one, a
4: normal size um, paperclip. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right.
0: So um the next one, Ross, I must admit that I made exactly the same error as you here. Yeah. Harold Bennett appears as Archdeacon Pultene. Yeah. Not Poutney, as I <laughs> thought it was, and Ross thought it was too, and
3: I wrote down excitedly
0: that Archdeacon Poutney and underlined. Well I it.
3: I do always wonder because obviously the pulteney Bridge is in uh, in Bath, mm. which is famously uh in Bath. And um I always wonder if we're somehow related <laughs> yeah, it must to have the been, um, I yeah, yeah, A lot yeah lot of these, gotta but be. in London, Clindine to our Welsh language listeners, um mm. There is a Pountney Street, which is the correct spelling because there was a Lord Mayor of London who was called Pountney in the 13th century. Oh, nice. And that cool. is all a
4: true fact. Do Do you know what Pountney means? Nice. Is that something to do with chickens?
3: <laughs> well, originally, uh, my dad's company was called Pountney's Poultry. Um, the uh, He thinks... That it's something to do with Dupont, as in it was like a Welsh, uh, oh, not a Welsh. Uh, Norman. Fuck, I got, I got Welsh on the brain. Yeah, it's like a, a Norman-French uh, Okay. Thing.
4: Interesting.
3: Yeah, so, hmm. Uh, it's a very right. old name, though. Right, so. Uh,
0: then, then, <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so. Uh, Ponkney slash Pountney. Yeah. Uh, He is best known as the lecherous oxygenarian young Mr. Grace in the long running sitcom series Are You Being Served with an absolutely tremendous theme tune.
4: also, starring Wendy Richards, wasn't going it? Going up. Oh, she is the worst Yeah, as of chef. them all. Yeah.
3: <laughs> He's the worst writer of them all, as we know.
0: Um, and then, apparently, and I didn't know this, that Bennett had had a, a career as an architect and only became an actor when he retired. And it does seem no like his, his only
4: acting is just being an old man and not saying yes. anything. Yeah yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Good then, morning, it, young.
5: Exactly. Mr.
3: Whatever he says. So, Eric Chitty
0: appears as the priest, seen in Doctor Who, The Deadly Assassin, as Engin, oh. the Time Lord Coordinator of the Matrix. Elgin. I think it's oh, Elgin. En-
3: oh, Ross has put Engin. Yeah.
4: <laughs> oh, it might be Engin. According to the TARDIS wiki, was Engin.
3: There might be, I, I think there might be an Elgin and an Engin, or maybe I'm thinking of the Engin marbles. I don't know what. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, who was the... So the little nerdy man who's like the verger or something mm. is he? Is he known because he's he steals the show, doesn't he? Not that I
4: not not that I took any notes on. unfortunately. <laughs>
3: I've absolutely thoroughly researched yeah, as was. ever this podcast. Yeah,
4: yeah. These are the ones I thought people might actually have heard of any of the things he'd done.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and
4: as are.
0: as mentioned, Ross has just put David Pugh as uh, John and Ambrose Coghill. As museum cur- curator. Yeah. Yes. Were, the adaptation was filmed on location in Norwich Cathedral. And yes. the surrounding close, one of two great British locations that we're going to see uh, mm. in this and our New Year's Eve episode. I thought it was church-themed, e- church-themed mm. location. Yeah, I really thought I was it
4: listening. was Salisbury when I, when I was looking at it. Or it very yeah. similar. They're, yeah. they're built on similar yeah. lines, though, Ross, mm. aren't they? Mm. You
0: know that. that anyway, uh, High Church, etc. Right. So, unusually for a BBC te- television drama of the 1970s, both interior and exteriors in the stalls of. Rochester, were originated on sixteen millimeter film, yes, as opposed fantastic. to the standard studio. Yeah, as opposed to the yeah. standard studio videotape for interiors. And oh, my God, you can tell, and yes. that's what, part yeah. of what makes it so good. Well, only yeah. Doctor Who's right.
4: filmed in a similar way, John. I think
3: only Spearhead from Space was shot entirely on sixteen millimeter film, which is why it it transferred to Blu-ray so well. Yeah, you're getting all um, the hits
4: tonight, guys.
3: I think it's a real shame Christmas. that the, the colors in this one. And particularly the next the episode that we're gonna do next week for Christmas Day. New Year's Eve. Even though Christmas even though Christmas Day is tomorrow. Oh no, Christmas Eve. Okay. Yeah, New, Year's no, Eve. New Year's Eve. For fuck's sake. Right, sorry.
4: New Year's <laughs> Eve. Oh, <my> God. Right, <laughs> so the one we do is Christmas Eve, we're all a bit drunk. we we're been yeah, 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 out yeah, yeah. haven't we?
3: We're waiting for the chimes of midnight for Christmas Day, so I can open my first present. Yeah. So a week tonight. On New Year's Eve, we're not going out to celebrate with our friends. We're staying in to watch um, uh, the, uh, what's it called? The Treasure of Abbott Thomas. Yes, we are, yeah. The colours on the Treasure of Abbott Thomas Brilliant. are very washed out, aren't they? And I wish they could do something yeah. to kind of bring that back a little bit. Yeah. It looks a bit... Um,
4: Maybe we should get the colourisation team who did the Daleks. They were, yeah,
3: they've just left it. Oh, God, did you watch the Daleks? It was awful. <laughs> it was really terrible. So, it?
4: It, so weirdly done. Like...
3: The first half hour, I was like, God, this is really good. And then it got to this mad mm-hmm. Jeff Wayne, jazzy interlude. Yeah. And it was just like they'd, thro- <laughs> they'd thrown the edit suite at the
4: wall. Yeah. And just. <laughs> and they kept doing like these flat cover-up cuts. They kept doing flashbacks to things that happened like yeah. two seconds ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, very,
3: very strange very weird. indeed. Yeah. Yes. But um, well, I still watched it all. <laughs> yeah, I watched it. Well done to everyone involved. Yes, exactly.
4: But it was really, really hard. But it was insane. It was like you was having some kind of like fever. <laughs> it was
3: Dalek fever dream. Yeah. I do think the colours of the Dalek control room, especially the little Dalek dials, did look especially good, though. A bit like um, um, oh, what's the programme called? Crack? Uh, not Cracker Jack. Chock block. Chocoblock, 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 it looked like the machinery in Chocoblock, didn't it, when they used to put the big videotape into them.
2: Chuck a girl checking in, and there was,
4: but I also when there, there was a bit of colorization when Barbara was up against like the wall the, when they first see the Dalek, and I was yeah. thinking, doing the reflection, colorizing the reflection on this must be really fucking hard yeah. to do that. Um, yeah, yeah,
3: you could have just made the wall silver, couldn't yeah, you? Yeah. Rather yeah. than like,
4: yeah, of course, James watched it a few times, didn't you, James? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've no idea what you're
2: talking about. <laughs>
3: So we have yeah. met, we've met Dr. Black before, haven't we? But. Have we? It's after this. Yeah, we, Ooh, we meet wow. Dr. Black in um, uh, Warning to the Curious.
4: I have, I have no memory of that at all. No. <laughs> <really>? <laughs> have, have we reviewed Award to the Curious? We have into done Warning to the we Curious. Of the, oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I didn't realise he was playing the same character. So he's playing the same character? That's yes. When he does the Benny Hill um, uh, sort of. Running around, uh, yes. being... Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah following that. The, yeah. So we've met him before. But in this, this is 1932,
5: isn't it? Mm-hmm.
3: I cannot remember if the other episode is set before this, which means that, thankfully, he survives his interlude with um, William Agur. That's That's... Watching the start of this, that's all I thought. This is set in the 20s, 30s, Ooh. and then they say it's 1932... Because it's fifty years since the um, box has been posited by Letitia, his sister, and then I thought, oh, does that mean he's survived? Because he gets on the on the train at the end, mm. and the guy, the guy, as he gets on the train, says, "Oh, sorry, sir, I thought I saw someone else get mm. on the car- carriage with you." There Or oh, s-
4: oh, words don't, don't for that. that. It doesn't say um, when it was set. But we it the? Um, we were set in the depression, wasn't it? We thought? it
3: was set in the depression, but I don't know if it wasn't the twenties. So I hope that Doctor Black survived that traumatic interlude in his life. Mm. He went on holiday. Peter Vaughan was there. Mm. Peter Vaughan dug up a crown. He helped him return the crown. But then it's suggested that he inherited the ghost of William Ager, who is the vengeful spirit coming to sort out. Um, well, he, so no he does digging. sort out Peter Vaughan. No digging here. here. Um, so then we have um, – so basically what I think the start of this film is is the, the dream scenario for M.R. James, the author, is that he goes and he researches some old books in a musty old library. and this Lovely. This yeah. is known to be the, the life that M.R. James was wanted and d- did a lot of stuff where he mm. – personally did um translate a lot of incredible stuff that hadn't been translated before he as a child he would write to queen victoria really and, and yes and was and was ticked off for doing so um and he became quite obsessed i think with queen victoria as a child um this is all details that i've gleaned from the mr james podcast that i used to listen to they haven't done a um episode since july now
4: or have they run out of things to talk about
3: well no they started doing a new a new sequence of books but then it just seemed to stop which is oh. very sad but um so yeah i think that's that the framework for this story is basically mr james thinking what would be my perfect day out it would be to go to a very musty old library somewhere find some papers and then find a story hidden within those papers which the production designer has um kind of sprinkled with what looks like uh post uh, you know dried poster paint
4: yeah, on the, on the top, yeah. <laughs> i don't
3: know if you can get paint like that anymore but poster paint when i was in infant school wasn't a disc it was like powder
4: yeah and you had you like those, those pots which you yes. sort of screwed a thing on which you stuck the um the the paintbrush into i can i can smell it now the smell yes of powder i can paint. smell it yeah. yes
3: and it just looks like that, basically, doesn't it? Sprinkled into a, the the cask. Um,
4: so it's essentially there was um, a, a very nice shot of him, uh, of Clyde Swift walking mm. up the under uh, uh, the corridor. Yes, and, it's, and it, it was put uh, the other angle, so it looks like he's sort of like he's sort of like going up a hill, but getting smaller, and uh, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the perspective yeah. is very nice. And yes. yeah, it, it's, it, I think this is this one would be the, this was the first one they did after um so i come to you wasn't it this is like yes where it actually became like uh, the ghost stories of christmas and i think this is pretty much the one which established what these things are actually going to be yes. a, a, like isn't it
3: well it's yes. Lawrence gordon clark is a kind of unheralded tv genius with these because i think they're so well mm. directed or i mean i've mm. seen that mark gatis has got a new one coming out for this christmas now which i'm very excited about for Tonight?
4: Or tonight <laughs> yes Oh uh, yeah, it's yeah. on tonight, yeah. of course. So
3: Mark Gatiss, yeah. So we'll probably watch it after we finish here, guys, and we'll let you know what that's like.
4: Oh, of
3: course.
4: Uh, <laughs> but but we but we like sometime Norton, in January. Yeah, but we probably won't talk about it on New Year's Eve, even though we would have watched
0: it. No, said yeah. we. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about uh, it in yeah. January yeah, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. for reasons. Yeah. yeah, we we keep it. Back. So,
3: um, but that one I do know took them only four days to shoot. Really which is absolutely wow. mental. And if I don't know if it they is. did these in such a, a short amount of time, but to make something look so good, which you've basically got no time to spend over it at mm. all, yeah. is but, very, very impressive. But
4: when you've probably got Kit Harrington, you can't afford him for more than four days, I imagine. No,
3: I mean, that's the thing. They, uh, people probably do a lot of favours for people like Mark Gates, don't they, because they're uh, thoroughly mm. nice chaps. And they say, "Come and yes. you know, come and take part in my um mummy story um so i'm very much looking forward to that because it's a good story as well conan doyle Mm. anyway (laughs) yes so back to this it does look good doesn't it because it's all on 16 mil film
0: it does it does and that's the the joy of this or or get this out of the way really early on is the use of darkness and what might be the whole thing of dark houses at night and what may be out there in the dark and the shadow is used incredibly effectively in this yes. in both the churches and, and I was thinking I was watching it, is it obviously at the time, the nineteen seventies? But it does, it does feel kind of quintessentially British. The three
3: day week, that
0: dark winter's <laughs> night, yeah, yeah. and the, you know that that winter, like what, the, like we're in the middle of right now, yeah. It's dark by quarter, quarter to five in the evening, and it's just the the feel of it all, and it really for me was so beautifully atmospheric,
4: and it's, it's said, very it's very, and there's and proper there's blacks black in it, it as well, which modern televisions yeah. can't deal with. It just no they, no, they, no. they, they try and. Th- they try and do something with the black and you yes. get weird
3: like artifacts looks, and stuff. I yeah. Think. It looks very pixelated. Mm. I, for me, this story is about um like an obsessive compulsive disorder. Um And I think that's mm. the subtext with, I must be firm. It's this idea that you can't get out of your head. And I think that is something really that M. R. James potentially suffered from himself. If we looked at it, mm. if we looked at him from a kind of modern prism you know he was obsessed with queen victoria and he wrote these letters to queen victoria when he was a child and he was ticked off by you know the the head of eton um so it's um was it eton he went to or the or the other one eton and King. he ended up being
0: being one of the uh harry he was he taught at harrow didn't he towards the end yeah, of
3: life, uh, i seem to remember from the i think it's eton james but i can't remember oh okay yeah okay. but he, he 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 One was of the, the top. Big yeah, schools, he was so. topmost of the poppermost of of, of yeah. scholars of that age. But I do think that his personality had this obsessive compulsive thing, which was hidden away, and I, I've only learnt about through other kind of scholarly research into his life. But I think this story is yeah. very much about someone who debates whether they are, as it's as it's said in the scripts. It's um in the script it mentions incipient decay of the brain and and he says wow. either i've got incipient decay of the brain or i am hearing these mm. voices but obviously mm. that is the that's the that's the duality of madness or a, an obsessive compulsive thing isn't it because it's like mm. i can't tell the difference i'm here all alone and uh you know letitia's gone and blah 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 so for me i think that's what this is about and i think it's really really good and i think that Excuse me, I think the story is also really, really strong. Um
4: mm-hmm. so essentially yes, what the story read. is yeah. um so Dr. Black has found the box of papers um belonging to Hold uh on. what's the what's uh, the, the name
0: arch, of the arch the arch uh the archdeacon, archdeacon Haynes. Yeah
4: Haynes. Haynes.
0: Right. Yes. The Now Ross, you should you should just point out before you crack into that, the, the joy of the fact that um, Clive Swift says to the librarian, like, I don't think there's anything really interesting here. Yes. And, uh, the librarian drops a few morsels in front of him. Yeah. And says, yeah, yeah Are you interested yeah. in RD Allington's mathematical tract, <laughs> which I thought sounded like a, va- a vaguely dirty proposal, <laughs> but, um, he's not interested, but then he finally says, oh, but you might be interested in this, sure. which isn't, yes. that. and that's always such a great way in, yeah. isn't it? To go up, uh, yeah. uh, uh, but maybe you might be interested in this, which is off the books, and it's this locked box.
6: Some mutin glorious Milton, perhaps? Um, Canon Marcel's annotation to the Epistle of the Thistle and Diakens, no? Oh, Professor R.D. Allington's mathematical tract.
1: I, uh, I think not.
6: Well, Cyrus, of course. Uh, Cyrus? An epic poem in eight cantos, product of a country clergyman's leisure. I wonder if he read it to his parishioners.
1: I expect he did.
6: What's this? I don't remember. Oh. Yes, of course I'd completely forgotten. Papers of the Venerable Archdeacon Haynes,
1: bequeathed in 1894 by his sister Letitia Haynes. Haynes? I know that name. I read something about it quite recently.
6: Our old dean said the box would never have been accepted by the library. He kept it locked up in the deanery. He said it never would be opened while he was in charge. Strange. I wanted to know what was in that box for years. You'd better have a look at it.
4: Yes, and and essentially he says um, this wasn't allowed to be opened within uh, Mm. a certain amount of time. And Uh, it's it's implied, and I thought it was quite interesting, There's implied that there's some kind of salacious... Like, scandal around mm, it, yes. and, and it's like basically mm. you could look at it, but if you find something quite dodgy in here, yes. can I trust you not to publish this? And I thought, yeah. Wow, yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? It's good,
0: it's a good start, yeah, yeah. And then we find out he's like, Oh, I don't, I don't know much about uh, um, Archdeacon Haynes, and then he says, Oh, the only thing that I could. F- find was that there is an obituary in a, in a gentleman's magazine mm. and i put what razzle or escort <laughs> you know, when, when i think uh, gentleman's magazine that's obviously my teenage boy mind that see it immediately what it what it yeah. goes to
4: but that made me think of gentleman's relish
0: and that <laughs> as well which also sounds va- vaguely rude yeah. but anyway um they they uh, he decides that he's uh oh, i was a clive swift uh mr black decides that he's going to read he so having opened up the box he begins to read the story which is then the story that we see the stalls of barchester the story of um uh, archdeacon haynes and what happens so ross carry and, his clip-cloppy
3: carry
4: his clip-cloppy shoes, which, and his um, clip
0: cloppy <laughs> shoes his clip cloppy shoes which is very clip
4: cloppy shoes yeah which w- when you're um watching uh, on uh youtube with the yeah. closed captions on <gasps> every time he walks past it says sound of applause so <laughs> <laughs> is it really yeah so it's picking up the clip-cloppy shoes no. is clapping.
3: Can Cleaver you can drop in a, the sound of those clip-cloppy shoes now, right now. There we go. Great, Because yeah. I love the sound. What I lo- what I when I know I'm watching something really wholesome and and comforting. It's either Plague of the Zombies with the clip-cloppy shoes in that, or it's this with the clip-cloppy shoes in this. And I ponder, what are the clip-cloppy shoes made of? Are they wooden underneath?
4: Or, um, I don't know, or still t- t- stoke up. I think we were, we were discussing maybe they were um, Roy Castle-esque uh, <laughs> tap dance shoes. <touches>.
3: Because <laughs> yeah. my shoes don't clip-clop. Whatever shoes I wear, they don't clip-clop. Yeah, it's all trainers har- nowadays, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they hardly make a sound. Whereas these are, are very... Precise
4: but Victorian shoes. Have you they? ever had shoes resold? No. Yeah, so I've, I've done oh, that. This,
0: this is what people tune in for. <laughs> <laughs> have, have you ever sought out the services of a cobbler listener? <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been in party involved in
3: Rumpelstiltskin? Uh, I, moronic twaddle. Um, <laughs>
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> but you know, they would have put like metal on their shoes to stop them wearing out because you would have to... those shoes so have you to think it would time. be metal soles? Yeah.
3: I, thought, I thought wood.
4: I think they would have had like metal bits on them to stop them wearing out. Oh, like um, little tacks. Yeah, so sort of, no, like sort of, like half moon bits at the heel. And stuff oh, like that. okay, interesting. We can interesting. look at so maybe we could, we could have some shoe cobbling experts on there. Why do cobblers Sorry. have the little robots advertising <laughs> oh, their know, ways? I yeah. yeah. Very what,
3: slowly no, hammering something.
4: But no one else. There's no. There, there's no <laughs> other.
3: Yeah, fishmongers don't have a a, a a man with a fish, do they? They're chopping up. <laughs> which is...
4: Yeah. Will, that'll be anyway. uh, a Dots Who villain um, within <laughs> yeah. the next series. The comp... The Russell. Com- yes. Paging
3: Russell now. Yeah. Um, so we start off with quite choppy bits of uh, the creation of an atmosphere, which basically describes mm. that. Um, Robert Hardy's character is waiting for his elderly boss, who is the Archdeacon, to snuff it. Yes, But he keeps... Ongoing, so Letitia's sister, yes. who is Thelma Barlow, mentions that there's this infection in town, and he's like, Oh, unfortunately, it oh, hasn't touched the archdeacon. Crossed. And then he's there and he's waving, and then there's a scene where they, they're toasting the good health of the archdeacon with yes. about five he, blokes. He,
0: years are passing,
3: yeah. yeah. And then a few scenes later, there's only three blokes left. So, but then we get the, mm. the we go into the um, uh clever setup up an exposition I've said because I think it's done quite yes. well because it's this choppy kind of thing and then we ba- basically um he's it, it, do we see him push down the stairs or does he fall at that he point? Falls no on, he, falls. he yes. falls
0: but the way they frame it and shoot it you get mm. the feeling that you're maybe not seeing everything mm. oh he, the, yes, the way that the, the um, yeah uh, Jane Lee, who is his, yes. the Archdeacon's maid, yeah. kind of watches him fall, observes him, and then allows Screens. several beats to pass yeah. before screaming. Yeah. That's a very good kind of scream, you know, isn't it? Oh, hold on. It's a fantastic scream, yeah.
4: Yeah. And then they're talking about there's a, a missing um, stair rod. So stair should, rod, that's right. Which made the, stair yeah. the carpet. Which so used, far which is carpet. pretty
3: much what the story... I mean, this, this really is quite a... a this sticks to the story quite well i mean a lot of the lines are lifted di- directly from the story and i think it's all the stronger for that um next week when we do the the um treasure of albert thomas that one mm. deviates quite substantially from the story and we'll debate Ooh. that i'm sure next week okay. on new year's eve
4: yes. uh- <laughs> but i think it was um i think robert hardy did an expert masterclass in um looking pissed off
3: Yes, uh, uh, and very
0: Victorian. Yes. He's, he, and he those mutton chops are superb yeah. that he's sporting. Yeah.
3: Magnificent. And a very yellow kind of base coat of, of foundation on his face, which yeah. is quite strange. <laughs> um, so I my notes are very poor for this. So I've written duty in capital letters, Victorian man of substance. And that is Archdeacon Haynes at this part in the story, isn't it? Because mm. he's basically, mm. it, it. they make a... Uh, Mr. James makes a big fuss in the story, uh, the written story, about how he's trying to um, get the um, kind of uh, finances of the church back on an even keel, mm-hmm. because um, the the previous archdeacon Pulteney wasn't very good at looking after stuff like that. Yes. Um, yeah. With with this, this goes quite quickly and more into the ghost story stuff, I think, mm-hmm. and it gets quite stone tapey in terms of. Mm. You hear voices. What, what you're hearing is psychic recordings, rather than his incipient decay of the brain.
4: But it's interesting, though, because it's mm. not the ghost of the, uh, the the dead archdeacon who's haunting him. Mm. So he just so essentially there, there's a in where the arch, when he he gets the job of the Archdeacon who died. So he now becomes the Archdeacon. He
3: inherits
0: yes. the mantle.
4: Yeah. And, yes. and he's got, um, in the area of the church where he sits and... Is it the pulpit? Would you say that's a pulpit? I don't know.
3: It's not a pulpit. I <sighs> Underneath his seats is what's called Misericords, but I don't know what his... I'd mm. say it's a throne. Yeah. The arch the, th- the Archdeacon's throne? Mm. Yeah.
4: So they've got two like, hand rests, which... It doesn't look at a place, but it is very clear that he does sit holding these these two um, yes. carved arms of the of the uh, of yes. the throne.
3: Um, but so what? So one is a black cat, one isn't of, it? Yes. And one and the other
0: is a hooded man or a hooded it, skull. Yes.
3: So in the story, I think there's three carvings. So this, this dispenses with mm-hmm. one. But in the story he's called The King of Terrors which I think is a great title Whoa, that's good <laughs> yeah which I, like th- I think would be my so- um, autobiography title
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah hey write
3: that down John <laughs> Pountney, King of so- Terrors but on Terrors. the cover it wouldn't be a picture of me it would be a picture of Tosh Lines from um, TV's The Bill <laughs> <laughs> The Bill
4: <laughs> yeah, as long as you had a picture of the, with him with all his kids on the back cover yeah <laughs>
3: The man who loved too much. Yeah. Remember, mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> 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 I don't to say. So right. essentially, there is a point um, where he's uh, the uh, Robert <laughs> Hardy is kind of he's been kept awake a bit by hearing like he kind of talks about like and haven't we all the uh, the unsettled sort of noises? <laughs> he feels like whenever he's not out outside the room, it sounds like it's busy. There is stuff going on, but whenever he goes, yes. to it, it's silent. And I thought mm, that yes. was going to make I've like, heard. People just talk about the um, haunted places like that, where it feels like yes. Um, when you go into the room, it's just as if there was lots of stuff going in that going on until you walked in there. and Then it just it, it, movement without sound. That's it exactly. Mm. Yes. Um, mm. I I often wake up and <laughs> here we go and have the feeling as if there was a lot of noise and then it suddenly like gone silent yes. and and that's that's mm. that kind of feeling. I imagine. I get
3: that. I think that's when you hold yourself rigid in your sleep for some (laughs) reason and then you wake up so a couple of weeks ago i had some prawn crisps
4: and when i looked, chapter in your in in the king of terror (laughs) yeah
3: Yeah. when i looked at the ingredients on the prawn crisps it actually had crustaceans in oh okay and because i suffer from ibs i thought i might have this might be a fuck up yeah and basically that night i woke up thinking what the fuck is that noise outside I walked around the house for an hour until I realised that it was sound in my ear. Right. Which was a very strange experience, which since has subsided, but it sounded like machinery outside. (laughs) But it was actually, I think it was actually brought on due to the vagus nerve Mm. um, going from my bowel to my my cranium. And I think it was brought on by these dried crustaceans.
4: Or you you became aware that you're you're actually a cyborg and... uh, it was sort of the word that was coming through but luckily the filter kicked back into so the
3: this is this is the duality of Archdeacon um, Haynes isn't it he doesn't know have I eaten crisps with real crustaceans in yeah. or is it actually a ghost who in the story is described as having wet lips ooh, which is quite creepy ooh. in itself isn't it yeah um, so yeah carry on Cleaves I can't
4: remember well, where
3: we got to well yeah, James, in short <laughs> no, in short for a bit of brevity for
0: brevity's sake what we mm. what we get established very quickly is it's yeah. quite obvious that um uh, he's got the willies yes that uh <laughs> haynes aka robert hardy or sorry hayes aka robert hardy no it is uh, haynes he ha- it is haynes i was right at the yeah first,
3: oh, like the haynes sorry, motor, robert, motor museum like in, the Haynes um, Manual. Somerset. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Right, so what we learn is that uh arch uh, Archdeacon Haynes has clearly paid the um the maid to basically bring about the previous Archdeacon's demise. Yes. And even though we learn that he is a, the absolute best fit for the job, he does a great as John said, you know, the, the previous Archdeacon did not do a good job on the finances, mm. but we're told that Robert Hardy, he's absolutely on it. And things start, you know, things are going very, very well. But first of all, he, um, he looks across at the maid during mm. one service, and he's like... It's quite freaky and quite weird, and then we kind of see that the more and more time that he's spending alone, his yeah. sister, who's I don't really know. Oh, I don't really know. Mm. I'm, <laughs> her name? Is Letitia? Yeah, you know, Bavis. Letitia. Thank you. La- Letitia keeps going, "Oh, I'm going to go away to see, you know, see, go go to Brighton to visit relatives," thus leaving him in the manse, in the, you uh, know, in the, uh, the, the, church, the church. Good home. use
3: of the word manse, James, thank the you, old thank manse. You. The, oh, thank
0: you. Right. <laughs> so thus leaving him alone. And at this point, as we just said, stone tape-esque, he begins to be haunted. And this is where the, the coolness of both the darkness of them shooting it on film mm. and the sound, as we were just talking about, all starts to come into play. He hears sounds, he hears voices. Um, he keeps seeing a black cat, which yeah. is one of the things carved into the the aforementioned throne.
4: At one point, he's he's got his hand on the uh, on the handrest and it, and he, he feels it like fur You can feel yeah, the fur. It looks fur. like
0: it's it, it's come alive. Wow. Um, and the thing that I and the thing that I put down is that weirdly enough, me you know I've already said about you know the darkness of, of England and sort of English winters. And what I yeah. just put down is my um my aunt Sylvia's house. Now my aunt <laughs> Sylvia, who's my mum's <laughs> eldest sister, amazing. Right, she lived in a mid terrace um, turn of the century house not an old but my god there was something weird and spooky about that house and they always yes. said it was haunted and yeah. all I can tell you is when you'd go upstairs the, the only bathroom was upstairs you'd go up know, quite steep steps onto the, the the darkness in and around that landing was always almost tangible for me as a Palpable. and those uh, shots yeah. when Robert yeah it was when Robert Hardy was looking off into the darkness I was like this reminds me of my aunt Syl's mm. house mm. And so, we so need yeah, to get so Danny Robbins really, down really then, working James, for they,
4: me, we? we? We do, we we do. Oh yeah, I was thinking uh, that because a point when he's scared of getting up, he said um when he he left he left his watch downstairs and he he was scared to go. And I was thinking I can't remember the last time I was scared to to be walk around in the dark. Mm. But but when you were a was kid, it,
0: was it when was it when you thought Fred West was in your bathroom? Oh, no,
4: that, <laughs> <laughs> no he, he's trying to put his hands through the letterbox. Sorry. That was my that was my dream. My <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but when I was a kid I was so scared of the dark I would, I would yes. I, you know I would like be busting to go to the toilet but I would not get out of bed. Well, for but me that-
3: the, li- the line mm. that sums this up is I find that I absolutely shrink from the dark season. Mm. And whenever it gets mm. to fucking October for me and the clocks are about to bust a change again, mm. I think what fucking idiot? thought up this rule that we have to make it darker just so someone in Scotland can have a little bit of daylight when they're farming. So the rest of the country has it dark at bloody four o'clock because it should be five o'clock, which is kind of livable, but it's for it's sunset now is it like three minutes past four. And I'm just like, for fuck's sake. I, I To be honest, I identify with, with, um, our man here. I, you know, I think the old guy was hanging around too much, you know, old people, a bit like Boris Johnson, you know, they've had their time, old people. It's time to get rid of them.
4: You didn't kill um, Dave Lee, did you?
3: <laughs> I killed Dave Lee Travis. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, this, is, it, it's a very good, um, evocation of, of, of mental illness through, you know what we call these days, like seasonal affective disorder or something, isn't it? It is like this guy spends too much time on his own. He's in the fucking dark. He sits in this throne and he thinks the cats come to life. A bit, you know. Later on, you see the skull of the king of terrors, don't you? Where which is really good. Um, we we haven't mentioned the verger or whatever he is yet. Matthew, who is this slimy little creep who mm. creeps up behind him. It with a him, little face jump and a oh, such yeah, a good look on Rob Hardy's
4: face yes yeah. yeah,
3: so he's got like what we call a 5 side mustache um <laughs> and he, he's just he's just but he for me he steals a bit like um Arnold the Boots in um
5: mm-hmm. uh
3: warning to the curious this guy does steal it for me because he's so good at this kind of um um oleag- oleaginous, creepy kind of you know
4: that's a, that's a great part when he said, "Oh, um, oh, I'm glad to see you. I just wanted to talk to so and so, who I saw you walking up here with." And he's like, "I oh, wasn't walking him." And then you can see him sort of walk off and sort of look to see where. Yeah, and, and it's very similar to One um, to the Curious* when people are seeing uh, another another figure walking with the uh, Peter Vaughn and stuff. That's that really that
3: sequence is basically shot for shot a remake of uh, *Cat People*. Where the lady is trying to catch the bus, and she hears footsteps behind her. It's almost exactly the same. It, it's cribbed like, not shot for shot, but it's like, and, and but fair play to um, what's his name now, the director Alexander Graham Bell, <laughs> Alexander Gordon, George, George,
4: George Lawrence Gordon Clark,
3: Lawrence Gordon Clark. Fair play to him. Like, I think it's. It's interesting now because everything now is so um, uh, accessible. I think when when someone cribbed a scene like that from a film in the past, it was very obvious that not everyone was going to know what you'd ripped off. So you kind of got away with Mm. it. Whereas now everyone has seen all those films umpteen times because they're at your fingertips. But I think back in the 70s, it was kind of it was almost a nod and a wink to people that knew what you were kind of referencing. And I think it's quite clever for that.
4: So what, what there's a, a really good bit where they go to the uh, piece of land where the, yes. the wood, where, which was cut Hot. down to yes. make the, the carvings. Now,
0: yes. The hanging oak. Now, hold on it, again. Now for me, this was the best bit and this yeah. is what really, I was enjoying it anyway, but this bear in mind that we kind of, you know, one of the things, one of our touchstones on this podcast has been folk horror. And this was mm. the most amazingly folk horror bit. It was so much going on in about three minutes. It was superb. Yeah. Yeah. So Haynes decides, we're told, and we're going to coming back to this again you know, on our New Year's Eve edition, that he's a rational man. Despite yeah, being yeah, a man yeah, of faith, yeah, 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 we're yeah. also told that he's a rational man. And he decides that he wants to get to get to the, the bottom of it. And we see that he's gone for a walk out into the countryside with whoever that that guy is kind of like a man you know another guy from the, the local area man you know and, he's probably an antiquarian you know, of some gent and- antiquarian <laughs> of some of and yeah. who kind of gives him the rundown on the local area yeah and first of all he says oh those um uh, those carvings in the church what's who did them they're very unusual and we're told that it was made by austin the twice born yeah because we're told that, that yeah which is great Straight away. And we're told that, that what he had the power of foresight, which is awesome. Yeah. And what's, what's so great about this is that that itself could be in its, own, its its own story, but we're just yeah, like, you yeah, yeah, just yeah. had foresight. What happens with yeah. it? You'll never know. It's yeah. awesome. But we're told that, you know, so that was his skill and that he made them. And he then goes, Oh look, um, you know, in fact, uh, even though it, it's a Christian church, the, mm. the, you know the, those uh, carvings were made from wood from here, from this wood and this wood would have been the site of pagan rituals mm. and the old religion from before the time of of Christ. And I was like, mm. this is great. This is what, <laughs> um, this is why." And then he says, for example, over here and points to, you know, what looks like a burial mound. But we're then told is it's the hanging oak, he says, because when they excavated it, they found like human bodies in between. Mm. Um, and so, you know, they therefore think that, this tree was used to hang people, you know, criminals, wrongdoers, and you know, during those, those sort of pagan pre-Christian times. And I've just written down maximum folk horror.
4: Yes. Yes. But
0: Superb.
4: Just do a, a, a kind of side plug for another podcast I do called Dark Darcy. No. But, but we, <laughs> we, we, uh, we go. We went to a, a church near here, which has got um, Norman carvings um, a, along the roof. And it's, it's one of the, uh, the few places in uh in england where there's a sh- there's a sheila gig sheila gig yes and there's two of them on there so um so this is a, a christian church but there's all these pagan mm. carvings on there so sheila gig is a basically a massive vulva with a, um uh, with a, yes yeah mm. on there and there's all these other like people copulating and all this kind of stuff but they're all carved into the uh the, the ceiling of the yeah, church yeah yeah a yeah, lot yeah. of them have been uh defaced because when uh as, as years went on, so when some of the sort of Victorians got a bit like prudish about these things being in the church, they kind of sort of chopped off the phalluses yes. and stuff. Mm. But it's just so interesting. The
3: Reformation as well, they got got rid of a lot of stuff in the Reformation, it's yeah. a whitewashed a lot of stuff mm. like that.
4: But it's so interesting like Christian, yeah. so called Christian churches would have had pagan. And like when we went to uh, yeah. Salisbury uh, Cathedral or Winchester Cathedral, one of the two, mm-hmm. um, they were just saying there's all of these faces, and, and like some of them's got like faces like people with two faces like one looking forward mm. one looking back and all these kind of very bizarre mm. um you know semi kind of like uh, monstrous sort of carvings all put around mm. these places because mm. they just wanted to fill it up with stuff and um,
3: it's um what i find about it very what i find fascinating about mr james is that he was very 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 devoutly christian but he did fill mm. his stories with all of this stuff which is quite remarkable and and there's some there's some stories actually that we should potentially review at some point that um an evening's entertainment is one where it's a story that is like a fireside story that's told by a grandmother to her grandchildren, but that incorporates um stories of like druidism and stuff and like a big um figure on the hillside and I think it's super Ooh. interesting how, as a Christian guy who was very very religious he would incorporate this stuff into his stories and also write these really quite terrifying and macabre and grotesque stories and i think Mm. that's i mean that is part of christianity itself in when you think of the kind of british end of christianity it was Mm. about kind of um living cheek by jowl with kind of pagan um, mythology and imagery green men and all this stuff which you do mm. see in a lot of christian churches don't you which is which yes. is mental killpack as well which is not far from here in herefordshire that's another one Cleves, where it's very kind of um, sheelander gigs and all that kind of stuff um right so where are we up to with this story now hmm. so we've, in, but, we've done the killing oak haven't we yeah.
0: and as you said that the last line from that part is as far as i know the old customs have died. Yeah, it's a good like to end no. that scene on. Yeah. yeah. Oh yes, and then from that point on, we're told that things begin to escalate, or and we are yes. see we, we we see things beginning to escalate um first of all we have a like the redux of you know whereas before he was when in uh during a church service he thought you know with his hand on the cat carving it became a real cat on yeah. the other side he has his hand on the other side and then he you know, oh my god it's a hooded skull mm-hmm. um and we see Fantastic. everyone looking at him like oh is this guy freaking out and all the rest yeah. of it at one yeah, point yeah, yeah, yeah. he's going around and um, i love how these are silent he, he as well yes
3: like, <laughs>
0: yes no sound fantastically no sound he has, like, the creepy hand touch his back. Oh, on yeah. It.
4: That made me think of Doom well, Lord from The is, Eagle. Do you remember Doom ve- Lord? <laughs> yes. Very Doom Lord. Yeah, He's yeah, very yeah, similar, Ross. Yeah, 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 yes.
3: Yeah. yeah. That's one like, for the teenagers. It was a yeah. comic strip, which was, like, photographs,
4: wasn't it? Yes. Yes.
3: yes. yes.
4: Yeah, it was fantastic. But, yeah, it looked like a Doom Lord glove. <laughs> Sabine touched the shoulder. It <laughs>
0: did. So, in short, this, this, this builds up to a uh you know a a climax and we also see from you know while clive swift is reading his notes and he's like i know i you know i can't escape this Mm -hmm. and and he's like i could go i could go to with i don't really know thelma or whatever i could go with my sister and escape it but i can't and i thought that was really interesting i mean as john you were saying earlier about you know mr james being an obsessive Mm. and it's like he can't let go of this thing he feels like it's it's, he's in
4: the thrall of it which i think if anything that's the scariest thing why do you think he keeps writing i must be firm what do you think that what what do you think that's related to that (laughs) (laughs) i think it's
0: that once again it's that
4: it's the dream of rationality isn't it it's
0: that if i continue to be rational if yeah. I continue to stick to, the, to these principles, I can't yeah. go wrong. Mm. And so, but you know, I must not waver from them. It's again, a, like me, a, that's a Victorian really
3: mindset, isn't it? It's just like
0: yes, yeah, totally. But once like- again, that that dream, of, and you know, one of two stories that we're seeing where it's like, oh, men of faith, but mm. also men of reason, mm. and it's like you know, the, the tension there was was mm. really really palpable mm. and really good.
4: So there's a great what? bit when he's he goes to bed, uh, but he says. Um, to his uh, uh his servant John John uh, yeah. no, come into my bedroom because I'm gonna to need to give you a a letter to I need posting. Yeah. And uh, and you hear from outside the door and he says come yeah. in and the door opens and then No he uh, says shall I come in now? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yes yeah, yeah. yes yes yeah, yeah. yeah. and um and then the door opens and there's no one there. No and one then, there. Yeah <laughs> that's fantastic.
0: And that's virtually that's that is the climax, isn't it? Is that yeah. he pretty then much
3: now yeah, on he looks for what he thinks might be well, I don't know if he knows what he thinks he's even looking for at that point, because oh. I wouldn't fucking go looking.
4: <laughs> but, and he also asked Johnny, "Goes, do we have a cat in the kitchen?" Yes,
3: because, yeah, yeah, yeah. And
4: I thought that was interesting because I just assumed that no, it sir. was it was a cat that, which yeah. lived in the house, which he kept seeing, but it was like yeah. no, no cat there at all. No. Um,
3: in the in the story, the admission is there is no kitchen cat, and it's it's all about. You know, what is this spirit? What is he being haunted by? Is it multiple things? Is it kind of... Is it vengeance from... I mean, what's interesting, it actually, and I've never thought of it like this, it's like it's vengeance from the point of a Christian man, Arch Archdeacon Pulteney, but he's doing it in quite an unchristian way, isn't he? It's oh, no, actually I don't, quite... I,
4: thought I didn't, never thought, thought it was him. I thought it was his own guilt which was haunting him. Oh, uh, was, was, okay. So rather than... Um,
3: yeah. But, well, yes. I think you're right because the way that the when we see Ambrose Beus or whoever it is at the end, it's explained mm. that it is the the, the it's the, tree. the curse. Yeah, the curse. Yeah. Yes, mm. you are right, Cleves. I've totally misread this story for about seven years.
4: <laughs> so he essentially mm. goes to the top of the stairs. So, yes, and there's an amazing sort of sequence. Sequ- yeah, he, he kind of gets enveloped by yes, like a, a hooded a cloak. A cloaked figure and then you yeah. just hear him like a uh, in, yeah, in, yeah take yeah. a breath and then that then doom lord comes back and scratches his face yeah, yeah. and then he falls down the stairs yeah
0: disfiguring him we're told yeah and then he then dies as the last archdeacon it's, a, it's a great downstairs. montage
3: of shots where it is. it's almost done in st- as stills because it's so kind of but then the actual crash of him falling down the stairs is quite a jolt isn't it and then <laughs> He mm. fo- he folds over and you see his face has been scratched. Or as we say in Wales, mm. scrammed. Ooh,
4: know that um,
3: and then he's dead. Uh, and you're just like, oh, yes. he- hecky mokey, as my grandmother would say. <laughs>
0: and our, our postscript to this is that Clive Swift, uh, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Black decides that he's like, oh, well, this is intriguing and decides to go and have a look at the church for himself. Yes. Only to find that the offending uh, chair, the, uh, you know, the, the the wooden carvings are gone. Yes. And he's then told, well, you might want to go and look in the church museum, which is yeah. where we put all of this stuff. And then we, he goes into and speaks to, as John says, the guy who runs, he works at the church museum, who says, I've only ever heard of these pieces. They're mm-hmm. long, You know, they're gone now. But what we did find was this letter, dun, 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 which, da, dun, was inside which was inside, yeah. which, which was inside the carving, that basically yeah. says, you know, I, used, I carved these from the hanging tree, and anyone who touches these, who is guilty or has some guilt, will, you know, justice will be meted out to them. Yeah. And oh wow, da, da, and, da, it's da, da, by and what's then he's named the says, name oh.
4: twice born, wasn't it?
0: Yes, indeed. So it's kind of like ah oh, well you know that kind of ties it all up very neatly and Clive Swift says well what happened to them and he says well the man who took ownership of them they freaked out his kids so much he burnt them mm-hmm. so they've been destroyed and then that is pretty much the last line. However, it finishes with Clive Swift sort of walking away and they have a black and white cat there in the and what I've written is couldn't they have just found a black cat yeah yeah I know it's really we'll have the to cat which they cat, used earlier.
4: Exactly, Exactly. because I thought,
0: surely, that would have been the lovely wink at the end, is that, you know, he walks past the black cat. It's still there. But no, they just have a black and white cat. (laughs) End. Thin. But,
4: fantastic. Very good, yes. Okay, what was Christmas number one in 1971? 71? When When this film was released.
0: Hmm. Um, it's not It's not. It's not a, it's fa- not a it's, Christmas record. It's not a
4: famous Christmas record. No. But it, But it is a, a famous comedy record. Oh, go on. Ernie, the fastest, the fastest mi- milkman oh, in the, the west, west. Yeah, it was number one in 1931. You don't hear that on any hill. Yeah. Many Christmas or compilation Ernie. albums do. You?
0: Remember the uh, uh, the incredible story, or I don't know why it's right Ernie. incredible. What- yeah. Exactly. It's incredible what nonsense sticks in your brain, isn't it? All I can remember is seeing a, th- seeing a thing once that Benny Hill once spoke to Charlie Chaplin, who said, <laughs> oh, uh, you know, Mr. Hill, you must come with me. You must see my house. And he yeah. went to uh, uh, you know a room in Charlie Chaplin's house and he had loads of Benny Hill videos. <laughs> but Benny Hill said he burst into tears because that was like the greatest thing that could ever be yeah it was probably I was because I like, had lots well, of young women in it were <laughs> Charlie
4: on it. Chaplin's um,
3: <laughs> <laughs> we, um when we were in St Ives not the last time but maybe the time before there was nothing on TV at all except Benny Hill on- so I put it on because I remembered that That's my Cornwall father who isn't my dad um used to love Benny Hill and I put it on and I was like what on earth is this shit <laughs> it is the <laughs> I cannot That's believe truthful. it was on national television.
4: I did see a Bunny Hill clip the other day on on Twitter, where like some kind of like uh, like monster television comes and starts like attacking a child, <laughs> like a real like horror movie s sort of thing.
3: Well, that that was um, Russell T. Davis's most recent Doctor Who episode. Yes, it was,
0: <laughs> and also it's only recently I know we, like, we still have to put up with the bad teeth thing but you know, for our American cousins listening in for years well, yeah there's Galvatron for years of listening uh, or, yeah. uh, when you'd ever speak to Americans they'd all go oh Britain bad food bad teeth and Benny Hill and it's oh, yeah. like Benny Hill has n- not been on TV for decades no. decades no. It's, in the same, it's
4: incredible how that's got into blocking my DNA mind is our
0: country's yeah <laughs> It's Ed Rogers. Okay, so
4: what are we gonna give the um the stores of Borchester out of five?
3: Well I'll give the stalls of fantastic chess. Oh whatever, yeah. <laughs> um I think it's a, it's a good four point four
4: point five. Four point five from John. Yeah.
3: I've given it a four, a 4 as four well. a 4- Yes, and I—I I, there was
0: so much going on there. There were numerous things that could have spun yes. up into other stories. It kind of, it didn't creep me out, but it said it really evoked in me those, those kind of spooky memories. It's got a beautiful yeah, yeah, feel yeah, to yeah.
3: it. Yes,
0: and it's only nice and short as well. It's only 40 well, exactly. minutes long. Well, exactly. It's on it, with it,
3: which just like always a war- welcome for me. It's not as good as a warning to the curious because it's not the mm. seaside isolated setting that mm. I really like in that, but it is probably the second best one mm-hmm. of the christmas ones because it is it's really quite flawless i mean the special effects and stuff now do look a bit clumsy but it also doesn't overcook something in the way that other things have mm. done subsequently
4: you know and i think robert hardy is amazing oh so he's good. brilliant he's very he is brilliant. very good yeah oh, yeah considering a lot of what he's doing is he's not talking yeah 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 there's yeah, points yeah. in it where you look like he's going to throw up like yeah. when, when he's like getting really sort mm. of like yeah freaked out by things there's, the guilt you know, well, yeah the guilt the um, the sort of the contempt he's got towards the old man yeah and all that kind of, it mm. all comes across in his face it's, it's incredible mm. but mm. I was thinking he's, he's got such a bizarre sort of Shatner-esque delivery of his lines where he puts <laughs> he, he will talk pretty fast and put in Breaks in the the where you don't yes. expect them where that they're going to be, but yeah, but excellent. Big
3: yeah. friends with Richard Burton as well in real life. Oh, really? Yeah, awesome.
4: Yeah. Cool. Really, I like well, set of, four four out of five from me too. Really, yeah. really enjoyed this one. So, I highly mm-hmm. recommend that. Okay, mm. should we say Merry Christmas to everyone and give that, stop it there? Or do you want to do, <laughs> I really need Oh, piss. absolutely. Merry Where, Christmas to everyone. Finds you. Okay, so we're going to wait again. Please. Thank you for
0: I- listening, and have a fantastic
4: Yuletide period. Yes, yeah, so well. Merry,
3: I- Merry Christmas to all of our listeners.
4: Yeah, and I hope that you wake up tomorrow and get <laughs> some, um, everything you wanted. I hope you get like, some nice Blu-rays of Hammer Horror movies and... <laughs> And some good porn, and some some <laughs> collected volumes from James Herbert. Um,
3: I hope novels. that you go and walk in a misty, isolated churchyard, and then there's a always a figure of a strange woman in the corner of your eye.
4: Yeah, and I hope you enjoy nice, um, nice. shooting tomorrow, uh, tomorrow, uh, <laughs> tomorrow night with the goblins, and it's absolutely <laughs> awful. Sonic Screwdriver. Oh, um, I haven't seen that. It looks like a, a, a sky remote. <laughs> Okay, but on that bombshell. But until then, yeah. um, we'll see you on New Year's Eve, everyone. Merry Christmas. Love, light, and peace. Bye.
5: You have been listening to The General Witchfinders. <laughs> Support the show and continue the conversation at patreon.com forward slash general witchfinders. Subscribe and spread the word. At generalwitchfinders.com. Farewell, and don't have nightmares.
3: 2CV Mini Clubman Clubman, Clubman. Dubbed women women, women. Dead bodies in a dining room Good cast cast. Figure on a beach Oh whistle The music sounds a bit hooey Not a beach Handheld camera Don't try and look at my skirt Dubbed voices Old cow Wacky 65 Curry and Bates. Dreamlike. Who's in charge? Weird makeup on Bates. Archetype of the English. Cricket match. Carol drink water. Stolen buckle. Should just tell him to fuck off. What I might do
4: is just um, put that out and replace the actual episode of the Sheltz.